You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. All right, everybody, welcome back to Bears Nation Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Lapka, joined by the one and the only Chris Nano. Man, I'm I'm doing good. Um, always feels good to talk Bears football. You guys know it's it's like a it's a treat uh, being able to to hop on this podcast. So looking forward to it again. Yeah, something I look forward to a while, and this is going to be a fun little episode. It's going to be kind of a mini episode today. Uh, it's just Chris and I, no Jake, no Josh. They're both busy doing uh, adult things, as Jake would say. Um, so we're just going to keep it short, talk about some other relevant Bears news, and kind of do a fun little new segment that we're introducing called Would You Rather? So that's going to be something fun uh, that, that we're introducing. But we're going to start, obviously, with the hot topic. It's the the one topic that we all can't get away from, and we're going to say it every episode because it's the truth, but it's the quarterback position and uh you know these rumors man they're gonna keep on coming and they're gonna come every week and they're not gonna go and the one thing we want to talk about today a little bit is uh obviously philip rivers is now officially 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 uh gone from the chargers they have moved on uh from each other so that's pretty relevant because now obviously a lot of these people are saying you know philip rivers to the bears it's something that you have to exercise you at least have to talk about the fact that it's a possibility and now that it's real uh, a real possibility now that he is for sure leaving the chargers chris does this make it any more likely that philip rivers comes to chicago well look this is this is how i'm thinking about it so my preferred guy, I think, I think you know, Kevin, who I'm about to say, but my preferred guy is going to, the only way he comes to Chicago is by trade. Okay. That's, right. that's one thing that, that we can, we can, you know, just, it, it's set in stone. Um, but right here with Phillip Rivers, I mean, you don't give up any compensation. Um, he's looking for a team that he's most likely looking for a team that, that, you know, ready to win um, and, and just give it his last few years before he retires. So, um, you know, Look, I, I'm not a huge Philip Rivers fan. Uh, we've talked about it before. I, I just I don't see it in Philip Rivers. However, I do think he is an upgrade from Mitch Trubisky. It sucks saying that, but I, I mean, I think he is, and I think he would he would be a huge upgrade from Mitch um, and, and a huge upgrade for this team. Um, that being said, it just depends on the money. I, I really think it just depends on the money. It, what he's asking for. Um, is going to play a huge part into into the, into my decision with this, the Bears' decision with this, and I'm sure a lot of fans once they find out what he's asking for. I mean, I think that'll that'll be like that'll answer a lot of questions for us. So, um, you know, with, with the asking price, I think it's going to tell us all. I think it'll sway people's decision one way or or, or the other. I would prefer Cam Newton, but I would take Philip Rivers. Um, I, I know a lot of people are, are on the on the bridge of, you know, just let Mitch Trubisky develop, let him get his his last year in and then, you know, we can decide. Um, but, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I, I think I would take him. Um, it, it's just tough. I got to see what he's asking for. Um, but right now I'm still on the on the Cam Newton train. Yeah, I think I think we'd all kind of rather have Cam Newton. I think that's a general consensus among the Bears fan community, amongst pretty much most experts. Is you know Cam Newton's younger, he's got 
kind of more of a higher ceiling, uh, you could say, although they're both, you know, I guess still veteran players. But you see the upside more uh, in Cam Newton at this point of his career. But the thing about Phillip Rivers and why you bring up the asking prices, there's actually quite a bit of teams out there that are looking for uh, a Phillip Rivers type quarterback, a veteran to kind of plug into a team that already has a lot of talent. So that's the issue is, look, the Bears have to fill tight end, uh, and we think they're going to do that through free agency. They have to fill edge, and we think they're going to do that through free agency. And then we talk about the safety position. We're going to get into that later, but that is likely a position that they'll go through, whether it's with HaHa or a different free agent safety. So that those are already three positions that are going to be taking up a decent amount of money. We know about the low cap space of the Bears, so then you wonder, okay, if Phillip Rivers is looking, I don't know, maybe even just for a one-year $12 million contract or something like that, that might be a little bit too pricey uh, for the Bears and why they might, you know, stray away from that. But uh, it, you have to exercise it. And, and that's why we keep bringing it up. And you're not going to hear the end of it is because you have to exercise every option. But I'm still in the boat uh, that the Bears need to fix other things before they fix the quarterback position. And they need to spend their money on tight end. They need to spend their money on O-line and, and edge ver- to me, which is more of a priority than the quarterback position. I mean, I'm seeing people out here. I saw a Facebook post today that said the Bears could trade Khalil Mack to Washington for the number two overall pick. I mean, these types of things are just baffling to me. Uh, this is not an organization that needs to be torn down. We, we both know that. This organization is a lot closer than a lot of people believe. Uh, and for me, it goes beyond the quarterback position. So are you still in that boat where they should be spending most of their money and most of their draft capital on positions outside of the quarterback position? Or are you really at the point now where it's, okay, we got to go all in on quarterback before we decide to spend big time money at other positions that's that's actually a very good question and you know the past the past few weeks i've been going back and forth uh, literally on this question with my buddies um and you know it's i feel like it's just it's just a balanced thing i i think i i think you know i look people are talking about oh you absolutely have to go get the best qb no matter what uh no matter the money blah 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 and then there's people who are like leave the qb position and and you know fix everything else and i'm kind of right in the middle i i just think i think they need to find a reasonable way to do both and i know it's so obvious for me to say that um and you know no it makes sense yeah it's a lot easier said than done of course um but i i like you said i think it's just about exercising your options i think they have to you know, weigh all of this at the same time and, and, you know, just figure out what they feel is more important Um, because I'm right dead smack in the middle. If I'm being honest with you, I think they got to find a way to to upgrade at QB while filling these positions with not only, you know, players at those positions, but players who are pretty good at those positions. Um, If you get what I'm trying to say, like, yeah. I, I think, you know, I think there needs to be some starting level players that, that have to be signed. So, um, you know, we're not talking about just depth players here. Yeah, and it's certainly possible. I mean, it eliminates certain possibilities, right? Like with the Philip Rivers thing. Like, I don't know if you can get Philip Rivers and Ebron and all those guys, but it's certainly, you know, oh, you could get a Dalton and then you could get, uh, you know, all those other guys that we talked about. Or you could maybe even get a Cam Newton through a trade and still get those other guys. Um, but it's like, okay, you know, can you get a Tom Brady, a guy who's probably going to be asking for the most money out of these free agent quarterbacks? You know, it, it makes it hard to see. So it's not like you have to choose one or the other. And that's why Chris is saying like it, it's possible to do both. But just, you know, you have to, I guess, kind of decide where you want to spend more money to. Uh, whether you still want a quarterback or not, you, get, you have to see 
how much money you do want to spend uh, at that quarterback position. But a guy that, you know, we talk about the supporting cast and the pieces around Mitchell Trubisky, um, and we know the running game wasn't very good last year, and that is not at the fault of Dave Montgomery. Let's put that through everybody's head. Everybody knows it's not Dave Montgomery's fault. He's a rookie. He looks to be a great runner. Did not get any help from the passing game. Did not get any help from his offensive line. But, you know, oftentimes teams will go in with a committee, the Bears, tried to do that this year with the whole Mike Davis thing and a guy uh who is a prestigious runner one of the top runners two years ago is now apparently going to be available in the free agent market he was uh it was reported by I believe Ian Rappaport about a week ago that David Johnson a star running back at the Cardinals is actually going to be cut by them and then there's a few reports not too long ago saying that's not going to happen but it really does make sense because Kenyon Drake took that team over later in the year he ran for uh like 150 yards a few times he had like three touchdowns and 150 yards in one game and he I mean it looks to be like he could be the future running back of the Cardinals. So in the event that David Johnson truly is cut, is that a move that the Bears should look at as uh, bringing in a second running back to this, or I guess third, if you want to count Tariq Cohen, but a second guy to accompany David Montgomery to this team? Well, if they don't at least exercise it, uh, that tells me the Bears are not serious about winning because this is absolutely a guy that you have to at least take a look at, at the very least. I mean, yeah, we know his medicals. Um, his numbers have obviously taken a dip. He hasn't played as many games. But um, I'm looking at it in the way that he wouldn't be the, the workhorse running back for the Bears. I think he would be part of a committee. And in that case, you know, um, he'd be fresh at, you know, most times. And, and you know, he'd help, he'd help out David Montgomery a lot. The only thing is, is just the offensive line. If they don't fix the offensive line, it really doesn't matter who's back there. Right. I mean, that, that's a great point because that's the root of the issue in the first place. And that's the yeah. reason why we don't really know David Montgomery's full potential is because we, we didn't get to see uh, enough of what he's able to do because he's running into a brick wall um, every time. But I, I think it is important. You know, people want to say, oh, it's it's too much to have Dave Montgomery or David Johnson and let him just be the workhorse. But I mean, this happens a lot in the NFL and running backs is one of those positions where it's hard to maintain success as a running back and it's hard to be dominant for a long period of time. It quite frankly rarely happens. So anytime you can get a guy like this to accompany Dave Montgomery, a guy who, you know, wasn't supposed to even be a first round, you know, dead set at pro bowler immediately when he entered his career i mean i th i think you have to like you said you have to exercise it and you have to look at it and you have to see what the price is going to be because at the end of the day i mean the thing we have to keep relating it to is the price because of that low cap but definitely something um that that they certainly should explore now let's do one more thing before we get into the would you rather segment obviously the kansas city chiefs have won the super bowl um we everybody witnessed the playoffs and how that played out the run game really dominated the playoffs in my opinion and it quite frankly dominated the super bowl as well the kansas city chiefs who have an air raid offense had little success in the first half until damian williams running back went off and the only the reason why i bring this up is because you the, i think matt Nagy could learn a little something not just from the super bowl but from the playoffs about sticking to the run using the run and relying on the run uh to win football games for the team now do you uh agree with that that he could have learned something from these teams like the titans the 49ers and the chiefs who use the run games to their abilities to win football games in the playoffs is that something matt Nagy could learn from absolutely yeah um you know it, that that question i feel is slightly vague um like i, I like of course I, I think you know the, the bears should continue to run the ball and you know they didn't 
But, you know, it's something that all the fans wanted. Um, but one thing that, that I feel like is just people are not paying attention to is just the fact that, you know, the Chiefs and, and um, the, the 49ers, one thing about their run game, one thing about their scheme is just they have such great play designers. And it's just mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a huge reason for their success. I don't think it's as black and white as, you know, um, having Damian Williams and Raheem Mustard um, being the best running backs in the league. I don't think it's even the fact that their offensive lines are, are crazy good. You know, it's just it's the run design. And, 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 you know, that's something that Matt Nagy, I think, has to definitely take a dive into it. Just at least look at it and and see how he can expand the offense. Because, I mean, like you said, look how it worked out for, for these two teams. So uh, definitely something that, that they have to work on. I mean, the thing that I think about when you're talking about play design here is it, it just I feel like Tariq Cohen in a different offense could just be I mean, we, we know Tariq Cohen's talent. I mean, he showed that the first few years of his career. I mean, he, he's explosive. He's almost like a generation, not generational, but he's just like a different he's a different guy that is unusual and can break away at any moment. I feel like in a different offense, if he was being used in a different way, he could be you know, a, a pro bowl running back and be a guy who could be extremely productive where in this offense, he's virtually not productive. He's virtually not helping the team at all. And it's, again, I don't think that's Tariq Cohen's fault. I really don't. I think he's being misutilized, but it just goes back to the point where, you know, Raheem Mostert is a guy that no one knew about two years ago, but the reason why he was nearly the Super Bowl MVP nearly almost the MVP of the whole entire playoffs if there was such an award is because he was being used correctly by Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan is just such an incredible play designer that he turned a guy like Raheem Mostert into one of the top running backs of the league later in the 2019 season so I think Chris you're totally correct that at the end of the day it it comes down yes to talent it comes down to the offensive line which is huge but almost even more than that it does come down to the play caller and it's just it's just so aggravating because you know we have such dynamic players and it's such different players in Tariq Cohen and Dave Montgomery on this offense that we're not able to get the most of that like the 49ers and like the Chiefs have been doing. Yeah, so one thing I was just thinking about um, literally just now is it's like so many things, so many things come down to just the execution. Like, like right now we're saying Matt Nagy is not a good, I mean, I wasn't implying he isn't a good run designer, but there's definitely some things that that I, I feel he's not great. You could, could improve on. Yes, exactly. So, you know, it, it sucks because I feel like our, our judgment is so clouded. We don't really know if the guys are executing. We don't really know if it's the, the you know, the actual run design. And, you know, it, it sucks. But one thing that we can say is the offensive line has to improve. Once that happens, then I think we can start talking more about the run design. Because, look, I think David Montgomery is an incredibly talented running back. I truly do. Um, you know, and, and he was only a rookie and he showed some great flashes. I expect him to get, you know, even more mature, um, you know, just start seeing seeing things better, um, which I think he will do. But, you know, like we like we just said, you know, they got to fix the offensive line. Once that happens, I think a lot more things will start coming to light. And, you know, I even think a lot of a lot of people will be less harsh on Matt Nagy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really fair. Is you, you can't make a true evaluation, maybe, until you see uh, a thriving offensive line. I think that's a totally fair point. Um, so that'll be something to monitor, obviously, in this offseason as this continues, you know, what they will do uh, in the offensive line. But 
let's go into it, baby. It's the Would You Rather segment. Let's go. So we've been let's talking go. about it. Uh, we're doing this new segment, Would You Rather. So basically, we're going to say, you know, would you rather have the Bears do this, do that? Would you rather have this as a player or that? And the first one we're going to do um, is one that Chris and I kind of got into a little debate about. And this is regarding uh, a man named Leonard Floyd and a man named Vic Beasley. Now, Vic Beasley was... Um, it, it was, according to the Atlanta Falcons Twitter page, they will not be moving forward with Vic Beasley, making him a free agent uh, this offseason. Obviously, he's an edge rusher who had 15.5 sacks a few years ago. Leonard Floyd obviously not getting the production uh, that the Bears want out of him. So, a lot have been pinning Vic Beasley as a possible replacement as an edge rusher. Chris doesn't think so, but let's do it. Would you rather, in 2020, have Leonard Floyd or Vic Beasley as your starting edge rusher opposite of Khalil Mack? Man, how are you gonna do this to me, man? <laughs> I, I yeah. had to do it to you. <laughs> it's just I, look, I, there's something about Leonard Floyd that, like, everything points to him being like that pick being just he just underachieved. Like his career right now should be looked at as an underachievement, and you know I don't want to say failure, and I can't say failure, and I want to ask you, do you think I'm just I'm clinging on to something and just hoping because, like, I, I can't get myself to call him a bust. I can't get myself to say his career has been a failure because I do think there are some things that he does really well and things that, you know, don't appear on the stat sheet. But the only problem is consistency. He just can't do it consistently. Um, and it's just it's one of those things where Vic Beasley is good at other things, but he's also pretty inconsistent, which, you know, in that case, I feel like I would. I feel like I would rather stick with Leonard Floyd just because of continuity. Woo! Um, just because, just because, you know, he's been here and just let him, just let him get this last year and, and then see what you want to do with it after you, my guy is Yannick Ngakwe. You know that, but to answer your yeah. question, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Leonard Floyd just for the sake of debate on this episode as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this is really one of the hardest questions I think we face. I mean, Vic Beasley in 2016 was a pro bowler and a first team all pro. He had 15 and a half sacks, uh, four, six forced fumbles, incredible numbers that year, but kind of a downtick in production. 2017, five sacks, 2018, five sacks, 2019, eight sacks. So a little bit of an uptick from 2018 to 2019. But I think it, it, looking at those stats just blankly on a page, it is a bit concerning regarding consistency because that is what Chris said is the main issue with Leonard Floyd is, you know, he has those flashes and he has those plays where it's like, wow, I mean, his speed and his quickness and his strength. It's just, you know, why can't we see this all the time? And maybe kind of a similar thing with Vic Beasley. I just think, I think, I think, you know, I think you can admit that Vic Beasley's more talented than Leonard Floyd throughout the course of his career, correct? Can you I at least think, admit? Yeah. I, look, look, look. I think I think he's shown that I think he's shown better things than Leonard Floyd, but I, I don't I, I don't think I can say that he's more talented of a player. I I okay. don't know if I believe that, but but you're right. I mean, in terms of production, I it's hard to, to disagree with that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, because the, the thing that you look at is opposite of Khalil Mack, I mean, you talked about, you, the reason, your defense for Leonard Floyd was because of his ability in the run game, right? Which yeah. is more uh, dominant for him than his ability in the pass game. But exactly. I, feel like the, I feel like the thing we're talking about when we 
when we say we need somebody opposite to Cleo Mack is the fact Pass that we rusher. need to get pressure on the quarterback because rusher, yeah. that, yeah, I mean, that, that was really the issue in 2019. I mean, you got Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks up the middle. I'm not too concerned about uh, the run game crumbling if they get rid of Leonard Floyd, but the the lack of pressure on the quarterback in 2019 was certainly concerning, and Khalil Mack needs all the help he can get, and from that standpoint, that's where Vic Beasley thrives. So that's the only reason why I, why I personally would take Vic Beasley, but I understand your point about wanting to keep Leonard Floyd. So it, it'll be interesting. It, it certainly will because the Bears would still have to do something with Leonard Floyd, right? They'd have to cut him or they'd have to trade him uh, or, or you know figure that out because they're not going to have both Vic Beasley and Leonard Floyd. Yeah, no, exactly. And I was I was thinking of the possibility that, you know, they sign him and possibly trade him. Um mm. I, I don't know. I don't know how exactly that would go down. And I'm I'm just thinking out loud. I haven't heard anything about this or anything, but um it's just something that that, you know, I've been thinking about. But yeah, no, I agree with with pretty much every point you made. Um yeah, I, I feel like there's there's valid valid arguments to both. So um yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to keep our eye on, but let's move on to our next Would You Rather. Let's do it. Um, This is an – I think – okay, I know what you're going to say, but just for the sake of it, would you rather have Cam Newton or Phillip Rivers on a two-year deal, on a two-year deal with the Chicago Bears, Cam Newton or Phillip Rivers? Well, actually, I guess I can't do that, right, because Cam is a a trade, and I don't know what's left in his contract, so I can't do the two-year. Let's just do Cam Newton or Phillip Rivers. Who would you rather have? Oh, 100% Cam Newton, 100% Cam Newton. Um, I just, there's something, there's something that Cam Newton brings to the table. I, I just feel like he plays with such a chip on his shoulder that that is something that, I think you said this on the other podcast, Kevin, that you said like he just brings a different type of energy and an energy that'll definitely motivate the guys. Um, just, just he, he brings a, a winning winning culture, I want to say. I mean, he's made a Super Bowl. He, he's an MVP for crying out loud. So, um you know, I think Cam Newton is a phenomenal quarterback. I think he's just uh, – words can't describe it, in my opinion. I think – I just – I adore Cam Newton. I think he's amazing. Um, and I, I, you know how I feel about Phillip Rivers as well. Mm-hmm. I think Cam Newton on this Bears team would be perfect. I, I just truly believe he's the perfect fit. I truly believe he's, he's insanely talented. Um, and, you know, you fix some of the other things that we mentioned earlier – you, you get a guy like Cam Newton, and, I mean, this is looking like a dangerous team. Yeah, I'm going Cam Newton all day as well. Um, there are people who I'm sure would take Phillip Rivers for a variety of reasons. You know, people the, – the thing about Phillip Rivers is that you know. I think this is the one thing that Phillip Rivers has as an edge over Cam Newton is that he's healthy. And he has played yeah. – and I think there's some crazy stat that he hasn't missed a game in, like – you know, X amount of years, like he's just played all of his, like a ton of games in his career where Cam Newton obviously has those injury issues. But the thing about Cam is, is that swagger and he brings that and, um, he brings that optimism. Now I want to bring attention to that because the Panthers situation is obviously something you have to keep an eye on because that's really ultimately going to term if, if Cam Newton's on the trade block. And I think it's interesting because about like halfway through the season, excuse me, um, last year, we were saying, you know, there's no way uh, Cam Newton's going to stay in Carolina because Kyle Allen was playing so well. But at the end of the year, Kyle Allen was playing awful. He, he was playing horrible. But, you know, they fired Ron Rivera. They look to be in that rebuild mode. So I think I think they were probably try to go forward with either Kyle Allen or Will Greer. And then because they're rebuilding, don't feel the need to keep a veteran like Cam Newton around when he's probably a guy who's saying, look, I, I know with my injuries, I might be nearing the end of my career or at least the, the last stretch of my career. 
in that sense, I want to go to Super Bowl contender. Do you think that is what the Panthers are thinking as well? Look, my um, my thing with this has always been that I I never thought it was about how Kyle Allen performed. I always believed that uh, Cam Newton was gone regardless, and let me tell you why. I especially especially with this new uh, with, with the new coaches in Carolina, I think they just want a fresh start. Um, and even before Ron Rivera got fired, I thought they were going to move forward without Cam Newton just to also get that fresh start. Not because Cam Newton is a bad quarterback, of course, but just just because just, a, you know, a breath of fresh air, maybe try to switch things up, um, you know. But now with a new with a new uh, with with a new head coach, with a new uh, offensive coordinator, I think they're going to look they're going to try to bring in their guy, per se. So um, I think Cam Newton was guard, gone regardless. Okay. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. So, I mean, we'll have to see what, what the direction of their franchise is and whether Cam Newton's truly made available. We'll probably figure that out in the next few weeks, you'd imagine, uh, as offseason really starts to ramp up. But let's move on to our next one. We're going to address the safety position here. I know you wanted to address the safety position because there's the question of whether Haha Clinton Dix should return as the Bears' free sa- or strong safety or not. But would you rather have Haha or a Carl Joseph, Anthony Harris type guy at strong safety to let Eddie Jackson kind of be his true self at free safety. Who would you rather have? Haha or Carl Joseph, Anthony Harris, or really, really any other guy that's available on the market who's, who's at that level. So when the season ended, I, w- I felt pretty strongly about this topic. I was saying you have to bring back Haha, um, But you know, as the season, as the bear season at least ended, I was kind of, a lot of things just, you know, a lot, reality started to kick in rather than emotions. And, you know, I, it makes a lot of sense why people would, would rather have, you know, a more natural, strong safety um, because we know ha Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson play a lot alike. Uh, they're both ball Hawks. They kind of have that, that same, that, that same turnover mentality in the back of their head. So, um, you know, it forced Eddie to play a position he wasn't very comfortable with, but I think, you know, having a year under his belt um, playing, you know, in the box, I, I think I think you can bring Haha Clinton Dix as long as the price is reasonable. But I also wouldn't be opposed to a guy like Carl Joseph. I think Carl Joseph also would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, he's a more natural, strong safety, can play in the box. Um, and you know, you let Eddie Jackson do his thing in center field. So um, I, I, I'm I'm completely okay with either of these. Um, but just to answer your question, I I think I I think I would keep Haha. I, I think I'd be okay with keeping Haha. Just for the sake of you know continuity, just with same thing with the Leonard Floyd thing. So, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I honestly would not be opposed to to a guy like Carl Joseph. I I think I think in either scenario you're pretty comfortable with what you're getting, right? For the reasons you mentioned about haha, it's the continuity, it's the the two Alabama guys. I mean, we love that. And then the other side's okay. You can let Eddie be Eddie, and he'll probably return. Uh, back to his 2018 form with like six interceptions, uh, seven interceptions, if he's able to play that center field role. And I think either way, uh, no matter what happens, as long as you're replace, if you don't re-sign Haha, as long as you're replacing with a viable, proven guy like Carl Joseph or even an Anthony Harris, then I think that is where it's okay. But if you do decide to not move on with Hawklandex and then you don't replace that well, obviously that's where there's going to start to be some issues. Um, I, w- I would rather not have them go forward with Deion Bush. Um, although he showed a little bit of promise, I, I don't think he's willing to be the starting uh, strong safety. So, uh, I mean, if I had to choose, 
I think I would go with Haha as well because I also think Haha is willing to take less money uh, in this yeah. situation because yeah. he wants to play with Eddie Jackson. Yes. Yeah. No. Th- that's another thing. See, like when you when you first started talking, I, I was gonna butt in. I let you finish, but I, I think I think I think this question comes down to just the price. I, I think because, like you said, either way, I feel like you're pretty comfortable. So in that case, just whatever is you know. Whatever's gonna help you save money to to put towards other positions. So, um, I, I think that that's all this question comes down to. But I, I would feel comfortable both ways, like you said. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Haha could come out here and be like, "Look, I'm asking for uh, a huge contract." You know, going into 2020. I mean, that that's that's possible. He was only on a one year deal in Chicago. He might be looking uh, for a longer. Uh, extension with with the the players that the Bears have to pay in the future with their really young core. I don't know if they're going to be willing to say, look, ah, here's four years and and a ton of money. You know, I don't I don't know if that's likely for them. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they will do. Let's move on to the next. Which, well, actually, I want to interrupt because I was checking Facebook real quick and I saw a Chicago Bears chat group go live talking about trading Khalil Mack and picks to the Bengals for number one overall pick. To get oh, Joe Burrow, God. and now, and now this is this is what I'm talking about. I mean, these kinds of things are being thrown around. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. People are, and, and this isn't a joke. I'm, I, this is not a joke. People are seriously, seriously, like exercising this option and, and and thinking about, oh, could this happen? No, not a single solitary chance. The Chicago Bears give up Khalil Mack, the most valuable player on not just the Bears, but probably any team in the NFL. Other than that's not a quarterback. That's not a quarterback. And to me, you know, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. I, I, I mean, this is I went back to this saying uh, earlier. The Bears do not need to blow up the organization to get to where they need to be. And doing something like that is blowing up the organization. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, no. I, look, you don't trade player in the current state of the Bears. You don't trade players when you're in this window right now. You got to find ways. No. You got to find ways to save money while also improving. I'm sorry. Look, I, I, I'm, I've always been a Ryan Pace truther. Okay, I've always been a believer in Ryan Pace. But look. He dug, he dug us into this hole, okay? So, I mean, there's nobody else who can get us out of this. And blowing the team up is not the answer to this because, I mean, he, he technically blew the team up already. Look, I, I, just, I just think I don't feel sorry for Ryan Pace at all, and I'm going to be a very hard critic, harsh critic on him this offseason. Um, I, I just – I'm in this mentality of, you know, you were, you're the one that got us in this position. You got to get us out. That, that's all I'm going to say with this topic. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, that's totally fair. And I honestly, I have trust. I do have trust in Ryan me Pace too. to figure this out. Me Total too. trust, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. I Look, I, I've been since whenever the Bears implosion happened during the season, because we can point back to so many weeks. But, um, you know, I've been defending Ryan Pace all season on Twitter. And, you know, a lot of people were in the boat of wanting him fired. Um, I think a lot of people have settled down since then, but I know it's still he look, he he's his back is against the wall right now. I think that goes without saying. He definitely needs this offseason to to win the fans back over. Yeah, and uh, but honestly, like he's in a good spot to do so because he has late round picks. And he has shown that he can do all those late round picks. And he has shown that he can acquire free agents and, and acquire players through trades. So yeah. I think yeah. it, it's, it's all in his hands. And, and he yeah. controls 
his destiny really is how I would put it. So I, sorry, I got a little heated there, but I mean, these just, these kinds of things are just, I mean, if, if you're somebody listening to this podcast and you see that, I just don't buy into it because also, I mean, trading Khalil Mack would give them a, so much dead. Oh, I mean, I, it's so much dead money. I mean, it, it's wow. I, I just can't believe people are actually thinking that this could possibly happen. Let's go back to our Would You Rather segment. Um, we're going to move on to the tight end position. Obviously, reports coming out that Greg Olson is now uh, not going to be um, along uh, with the Panthers. He's going to be a free agent in 2020. So now it's going to be really, do you want Greg Olson? Do you want Eric Ebron? Or do you want to draft somebody? But we're going to stay with the free agent market. So would you rather have Eric Ebron, a former Colts tight end, or Greg Olson? former Panthers tight end see this question is so tough because you know we still have Trey Burton who's on a pretty big contract um so it's tough to say I I just I have a hard time believing they they spend a lot at the tight end position just because of you know Trey Burton being there I know he hasn't been too reliable but I mean unless they trade him we still have his contract is still there so um, you know, having two tight ends getting paid top money would, I don't know, I don't know how efficient that would be. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's just, we haven't had a good tight end in so long. We haven't, okay, here, let me take that back. We, we've had tight ends with talent. We have had <laughs> tight ends with talent. We have, we have not had the production that we've been looking for. So, um, you know, that's the thing we need tight end production. So, um, <laughs> that's the thing if this one's really go big or go home. Um, I, I think I think you have to go with Eric Ebron um, just because he's the most talented tight end on the market. He's, you know, that's instant production right there. You get yeah. Eric Ebron, that's instant production. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think you, you have to grab the best tight end right now because we saw with the production of, of um, Jesper Horstead and, and guys like that, you know, it, how much better the offense looked and, and it was with very little tight end production. So imagine having a guy like Ebron there. So um, I, I'm in the I'm in the Ebron boat for sure. Well, well here, here's the thing about the tight end. Here's the thing about Greg Olson. OK, and, and the thing about Greg Olson is, well, you know, everyone everyone obviously is attracted to that because he uh, he was for, he was with the Bears formerly. Sorry, I, I, I forgot. He was with the Bears formerly, and everyone's oh, let's you know, let's get the reunion. Greg Olson back to Chicago, and everyone's kind of attracted to that for that reason. But the the problem with the Bears tight end room is injuries, and that's been the problem. I mean, sure, he, like Adam Shaheen is probably not talented, but I mean, if he never got injured, who really knows? Trey Burton. He's not a top 15 tight end, but if he wasn't injured, he'd continue that you know 600 yards seven touchdowns a season type production, which is totally fine. So if you get Greg Olson, a guy who's older, a guy who's been injured recently, and he gets injured and you spend money on that, you fix nothing. And I know injuries are all, you know, it's... It's, it could happen to anybody, but with a guy who's more injury prone, a guy who's older to me, I don't, I would not want to be spending money on a guy where if he gets injured in week two, you solve nothing in that tight end room. You solve nothing at all. And you're back to the whole Jesper Horstead, uh, JP Holtz experiment for a whole nother season. So for that reason, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, I've been all in on Eric Ebron, but once this news about Greg Olson came out, everyone kind of started to shadow away Ebron and really put the light on, on Greg Olson. But I think if you're going to spend money and you really want to put 
put uh, you know money into this, you have to do it with Ebron rather than Greg Olson, 100%. And you have to get him on like a three-year deal um, instead of giving just a one-year thing to Greg Olson, which is probably what he's looking for since he's got this you know opportunity doing broadcast with Fox and everything thing and he knows that there's a future a uh, clear future after football for him so I, I i'm going to eric ebron all day all day yes i didn't even get to really address the the greg olson portion of your question but i i don't really want greg olson if i'm being honest i for for pretty much the reasons you brought up i mean he's older now he's been banged up just a, a ton his body's taking a beating i mean i i just i just don't think you solve much i i love the guy um you know former bear uh, we, we saw him ball out with the Bears for a little bit uh, before he got traded, of course. So, um, you know, Greg Olson, I, I think a lot of Bears fans are, are kind of nostalgic more than anything. Um, but, yeah, Eric Ebron, just for this question specifically, is just it's a no brainer to me. Yep. Uh, so we got one more of the Would You Rather segment. I know Chris, he's got he's got to get out of here, so we're going to keep it short. <laughs> I saw a thing on Twitter today. Um, this guy, Fred Hubner, he, he's a radio host on ESPN 1000, ESPN Chicago. Great radio organization. Love him. But he was criticizing Cordero Patterson um, because he said Cordero Patterson had 19 kicks returned from the end zone in 2019. Five of them got past the 25. So he said 14 times he'd have been better off taking a knee. So the question I have for you is when you see Cordero Patterson take that ball in the end zone and you see him returning it in the end zone, would you rather have him return it or take a knee when you see that happen? Return it 100. I, I Look, the ball could be kicked out of bounds. Like, out, it could be in the, you know, in the hands of a fan, and I would want him to take the ball and try to run. Because Cordero Patterson is arguably the most dangerous returner in the league. Yeah. Um, they, uh, Cordell Patterson can make anything happen at any time, and I'm completely okay with losing a couple yards and taking that chance of him taking it to the house every time, hundred percent. So that that is to me that's an absolutely you know that that's that's an easy easy answer, and a, and whoever brought that up, I, I just I don't agree with that. Yeah, I I, to- I brought it up because I to- I totally don't agree. I mean, yeah, sure, the statistics say he's not getting past the 25 a majority of the time, but he's probably getting to the 23 or the 24. Or, yeah. or, or, I mean, yeah. he, he gets close every yeah. time. And, you know, a ton of – like, I'm a huge believer. I'm a huge fan of special teams. And you can – use so many games, so many games um, are, ga- are, are decided or – influenced by a great return late in the game or a great return putting the offense in great field position and setting them up for a touchdown i mean it happens all the time and you know one of the best plays of the year for the Chicago bears was cordero patterson returning that touchdown and i know there really weren't a lot of great plays for the bears this year uh that were exciting but that was one of them and and when you have a guy that explosive and it's like every time when i'm watching tv i see him get the ball I literally think in my head, there's a chance he goes all the way. It, oh, it's yeah. literally that Devin Hester type mentality. You don't yeah. have that with uh, uh, who who is oh I'm, I'm blanking on the name the, the our returner from two years ago. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Mizell. You don't have that with oh, with Mizell. You don't have that even. I mean, you I think you kind of have that with Tariq Cohen at times. You know he can get a little bit. You know let's run backwards. He can do a little bit of that. But yeah. every time Cordell Patterson gets the football, I'm thinking house call. I li- I really am. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's a chance. There's a chance he goes every single time he touches the ball. So yeah, I just I've even seen people say, you know, we should cut uh, Cordell Patterson to save some money, which is like, yeah, yeah, man, c- come on, man, come on, that that's silly. 
Yeah, that, your, your only first-team All-Pro. Let's cut him. Yeah. Let, let's just yeah. get rid of him, right? Exactly. And uh, th- that's another thing. you talked. We talked earlier about Nagy like, utilizing players. I uh, This is like a little bit in the future, but I think the Bears should utilize Cordell Patterson more out of the run game. Did it a little bit late in the season. They did it a little bit, and you saw a little bit of production because that man, I don't think I've seen a man that big run that fast. And trying yeah. to tackle that out of the backfield, it's hard. So, yeah. you know, we talk about the scheming and the utilization of our running backs. I think you, I, I think you got to use them a little bit more next year. That's a, kind of a random thought, but I, I think you do. No, no, 100%. I, I, think, I think they can start using him more in that role after he has – about about an off season of work uh, as as like a running back because I don't yeah. think I don't I don't think they really started doing that until um, I, I know there was like you know there was talk about it and whatnot but I don't think they they you know prepared Cordero Patterson for that uh, you know prior to the season so um, you know with, with an off season under his belt you know if if he can do that you know get some time in with the running backs I think. You know, I, I don't I don't see why not. It's another it has another dimension to your offense. So 100 percent. I'm cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, I know you got to head out. So that wraps it up, man. It was good talking some bears. Nice little uh, mini episode for the fans here. But it was definitely a good one full of content. And, and we're going to keep this going because uh, it's only ramping up. Free agency is going to get going here in a few weeks and the combines coming up. You're going to start hearing those draft rumors. So exciting things ahead for Bears Nation podcast. And Chris is going to be along for the ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait, man. We're, this is going to be a wild offseason. Hope you guys continue to listen. Uh, we're going to have everything here for you guys. Yes, sir. Thanks, you guys, for your support. Make sure to leave a comment, a like, uh, interact with us on our new Instagram page at Bears Nation Podcast. Just created that today, so check that out. Uh, we're going to be posting some clips and uh, some content for you guys weekly. So thanks, guys. Take care and bear down. Bear down.